when I say who, I'm talking about who, like who in all aspects. And I'm talking about how they feeling. What are they going through? What's happening in their market? What's happening at their company? What's happening to them personally? It's time to get inside your own head. Begin with the psychology behind your behaviors and fuse it with an acute understanding of self-awareness, emotion, storytelling, body language, and more. Then look at it all through the lens of the latest neuroscience research, broken down to its most digestible form. And you've arrived. Enhanced messaging, deeper connection, heightened influence, and a greater impact on the world. Welcome to the NeuroSide of Influence and Leadership with Renee Rodriguez. Hey there, I want to welcome you to our next episode here on the NeuroSide of Influence and Leadership. And today is about knowing your audience, which is, wow, such a critical, critical question. It is something that is so simple to overlook and something so, yeah, 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 I get it, Renee, kind of response when you talk about it. But when you dive into the realities of knowing your audience, you realize that there's a whole nother world that if you don't uncover, you're going to miss. And so we want to make sure that we understand audience. So let's, let's go back to this. And if you're not a keynote speaker, that's fine. You still have audiences. You still have people that work for you. You have clients, you have a family, an audience of one, 10, 100,000, doesn't matter. It's an audience. That means people that are, that you want to actually listen or that have chosen to listen to you. Or if you're lucky enough to have been hired to do that, then you have an even bigger obligation to understand the audience. Think about this from your perspective, okay? I'm going to talk about it from going kind of speaking, but speaking is no different than presenting. Speaking is no different than answering a question in an interview. And that might be your audience. And speaking is no different than uh, giving a toast. It's any time that your mouth is moving, sounds is coming, sound is coming out, and you have some level of agenda to create influence. And so <laughs> it's almost all of our life. So first embrace that. So during the Amplify process on day three, we reserve this for day three as we give people a checklist. It's 10 things that, on how to craft a message. Not how to deliver one, but how to craft one. And that's a big difference. But in the delivery, it's a sequence, but also in the crafting, there's a sequence that we really find that helps. And the first question is, is who's my audience? And so let's just dive into, if you're going to speak, let's use that as an example. Who's my audience? And people might say they're titles. Oh, they're uh, CEOs, or they're a bunch of salespeople, or they are the operation staff, or it's a group of realtors, or it's a group of referral partners. Who knows? You might define them as their title. Now, that helps. It's a good starting place, but there's a lot more that we got to dive into. When I say who, I'm talking about who, like who in all aspects. And I'm talking about how they're feeling. What are they going through? What's happening in their market? What's happening at their company? What's happening to them personally? And so if you go and you speak to a group that is, their industry is under fire, or they're heavily affected by interest rates, or they're heavily affected by, a supply chain, or the housing shortage. Who knows what it is? Or maybe even oil prices. So you have to understand who they are in that perspective, in the broader sense of who, and begin there. And so what I do, first and foremost, is that there's usually, unless it's your own created event, then you get a chance to sort of decide who. 
but most of the time it's you're being invited and then there's an organizer, a sponsor, somebody that is responsible for choosing you. Maybe they vouched for you, they found you, they sought you out. Whoever it is, you wanna find out who that champion is, who the sponsor is. Now, there's also some hidden sponsors and hidden audiences that don't always reveal themselves. And so you wanna to get to the bottom of that too. Who else might have a vested interest in your success here? That's an audience. Who else, if you don't do well, could make a decision to not use you going forward, to fire you, to demote you, to promote you, if you do well? So there's, there's those explicit audiences and there's sort of those hidden ones that aren't as obvious. And so you have to think in that broadest sense of who are the players involved, who are the people that are there. The more complex of a sale that you're in, or complex of a situation that you're in, the more hidden influencers there are. And so you gotta ask deeper questions to get at those. You gotta ask, so how do, are decisions like this typically made in your company? That is a powerful question that will uncover the hidden audience members that you're presenting to. You know, so so how you know, who all is involved in a decision like this? Great. Well, who who stands to benefit most if this goes well? It's another great question. Another one might be, who who's going to be affected the hardest if for some reason this doesn't go well? If you don't do this, and when you start identifying those, you know, who are you trying to retain? Who are the people that are watching silently in the background? What are they thinking? You start really, and here, here's the funny part. When you start asking questions like this, a lot of times the, the organizer, the sponsor, the person bringing you in hasn't gone through the exercise of thinking this way. So by you being the one to take them that way, they start perceiving you as a professional because you're asking the questions that they didn't even know they should have asked. That immediately sets you apart as a partner in the process and a partner in success. And so what you'll find is when you have really good questions, you don't just dive in, take everything hook, line, and sinker. You have a few questions first. I'd like to understand what's happening. That really begins to set the tone of the fact that you are the one that's hired to help out and they've made the right choice. So looking at this who, I have, sometimes my events will be a year and a half out. They'll book me for a year and a half out and that's great, except a lot can happen in a year and a half. Industries, markets change, um, regulation, <sighs> presidents, <laughs> there's so much that can shift in a year and a half. And so we have milestones. We'll go, okay, it's a year and a half from now. Six months later, we'll have a check-in call. How's it going? Yeah, we're excited. Just want to double check how many people, any, has there been any changes since then? Are we still looking at accomplishing X from my previous notes? Wonderful, no changes, we're good to go. Might even confirm. Or you might hear, yeah, actually, we're gonna have about you know 100 more people or 500 more people, or we decided to do this event virtually or hybrid event. There's all sorts of things that's happened in the last couple of years where we had a live event, then decided to go virtual, then they switched again three months later to be hybrid, to let people come come to uh, experience both ways. So the, the, there's a lot that can happen in that period of time. So we go six months and then we'll go three months out and then we'll go a month out, just checking in. Sometimes it's a five, 10 minute phone call. And then we'll go a week out. How are things going? And so, I can't tell you how many times nothing's changed in all those phone calls. And then we get a day out, nothing's changed. And 15 minutes before I'm about to go on or the half hour, hour before, if I get there, depending on what time the client gets there, I say, so we're looking good, any changes? And I, I gotta tell you, how many times people have said, well, actually, yes, we've been acquired. 
and they're a little stressed right now. Now think about how important that information is to know before you go out there and start presenting. Think of how tone deaf you would be perceived if you didn't at least acknowledge or go in with some understanding of what was going on. I've had that happen five minutes before. I pull the leader out in the hallway. I say, okay, let me make sure I understand this. They're going through this change and that change. How would you describe how they're feeling? Scared, excited, angry? Well, give it a feeling. And that feeling and that understanding helps me know how to begin. So if, if they've gone through a massive change, I'm not going to go and say, all right, let's talk about all this great stuff because their brain isn't there. That's how, we, here's the applied science, by the way. If there's a, it's a the competing stress factor that affects something more immediate to them, they're going to focus on that instead. No matter how good your content is, no matter how great you are, if their job is at risk, their immediate needs are somehow at risk, if their values are at risk, that's going to dominate. So how do you do that? You don't fight it. You work with it and you process it. At least you'd be the one to acknowledge it. You know, before you get started, hey, from what I understand, nothing's been changing over the last few years. And people will be like, ha, and it kind of, you know, I can use a sarcastic approach. From what I understand, you guys aren't going through any change. Is that correct? And then people are like, yeah, right. Or sometimes you'd be like, you know, as I understand it, you guys are in some interesting times now. You know, being acquired, it can be exciting and equally scary. And I think that's why today, the approach we're going to take is this. And so now immediately I've understood and I've acknowledged the fact that they're going through something and then made it relevant to what's going on. Now you have to be ready to make it relevant. You can't just use that language and not make it relevant. But this is where your background, your business experience, your, your, the things that you've collected over the years, if you put the work in, should work. Now, this if you're working with a client and you ask them right before closing or right before something important, what's changed? And they look and they give you that and say, okay, perfect. I'm glad you shared that with me. You always want to make sure, by the way, that you are validating and reinforcing people when they're honest with you. You want them, if, they're, if there's something that they're sharing that is difficult to share, you want to make it easy for them to share it with you so that they feel they can share the truth because the truth is going to help you be more effective. If they're scared to tell you something, if they're holding information back and you go in blindly, that's where you get, that's where you fall off the rails and that's where the, the audience perceives you differently and you're, Everything's at risk. And so when they tell you something, even though it's a massive change and it doesn't go bode well in your favor, you're always like, you know what? I really appreciate you sharing that. I know that's got to be tough on you guys. Don't make it about you. Keep the focus on them. They're the client. And they're the ones that, that, that should have the, the focus onto them. Now, begins the questions. How are they feeling? What's going on? Are there any watchouts? Things that, you know, any landmines that I'd be, that I'm going to need to be, be cautious of? Are there, you know, and, and what you, when you start opening up all those questions, the sponsor, the leader, will usually go, you know what, that's a good question. Yeah, actually, you might want to be cautious or here's how they're feeling or we were really hoping you'd cover. And a lot of times people will, will know, hey, if you, really, if you could cover this, it would be really good. Hey, remember that script you did uh, on that one podcast? I'm like, yeah. I said, you know, could you only cover that? And I go, you know what, not a problem. And I go back and I look at how can I add that back in. But now in a consumer, you know, business to consumer, B2C environment, they're not going to talk that way. They might just be too scared to tell you anything. And so you have to have processes in play during the sales cycle and sales process, the courtship, to check in with them and give them a way to communicate if things are shifting or if, they're, if their position is shifting, if their financial situation has shifted, if they did anything or if their needs have shifted. Because you know sometimes if it's a six-month process, needs can shift. 
And so you have to be able to understand who this audience is and what they're doing, how they're feeling. I hope you're seeing the crossover here with their, their cons the customer experience, by the way. The more you listen to the audience, the more you're able to customize that experience. And the more customized the experience, the better the experience is perceived. So this is a whole CX customer experience conversation as well. But I don't want to focus on that. I want to help focus on getting you prepared to be most effective with whatever audience. So again, first question, who's my audience here? And that doesn't mean like, who are they by titles? That is important because it tells you some things, but you want to check all assumptions. How are they feeling? Have there been any changes, anything going on that we need to know about? When you get into understanding audience, like for me, if I'm going to do an event, and if you're somebody who does do events, uh, I, and I wrote about this in the book, where we, we had an event, there's probably about 800 people there at this event, and I was the first person to, to go on stage. It was fun, we had Tim Grover there, so the author of Relentless and uh, Winning, he's a coach of Michael Jordan and Kobe Bryant, Dwayne Wade. We also had Grant Cardone coming to the event. We had Brad Lee, the real Brad Lee on, on social media. And I was the opening speaker. So for me, I got there about an hour, hour and a half early. I wanted to experience what the event was like. And I'm going for that, not what it's like for me. I go there early to say, what's it like to be an audience member here? What do the lights feel like? Well, the cool part was we had Rafe, who was, used to work for the WWE, with Tillier, Tillier uh, Media Solutions with uh, JB and Ryan and those guys. And Rafe used to work for WWE. So guess what? We had fog lights and jibs and, and crazy lights and intros and loud music. And I mean, he knew how to create an entrance. <laughs> and so when I got there, I'm thinking, wow, this is really cool. Now for me, it was awesome. But also for the audience, okay, how are they feeling? And the way the stage was set up, you had a main floor and then you had a balcony that went way up high. And so what I always loved was, okay, who got there early? There are people that got there an hour early, 7 a.m. And guess what I did? I went up, shook my hand, introduced myself, and talked to them. And my thing was, I, and I told them, I said, I'm always fascinated with the people who love to show up this early. I think it says a lot about you. And they'd be like, wow, thanks. And we'd have this great conversation. And the next people would come in. I would just introduce myself. 50% maybe knew who I was just because of the advertisements. Most people, and this is okay, this is perfectly fine and normal. Most people don't know who you are. What's cool is when they don't know who you are and you still have a genuine intent on getting to know people and do that, later on when they find out that maybe you're on stage, it changes the perception. It says, wow, I just talked to that guy or gal. That was really cool. So we did, I talked to the main floor folks and then I started looking up top, way up high in sort of the nosebleeds and. I made my way up there and started hanging out with them and had great conversations. But what it told me was who was in the audience. See, I was told it was, it was a two, dominated by two industries, but then as I was meeting people, I realized that there were people in health and wellness, there were people in the car industry, scientists and teachers, and I mean, there was personal trainers all over the place. Now, as I'm learning all this, what do you think's shifting? What's shifting is my content, or at least the tie-downs, the what it means to them messaging. And as that begins to shift, I get to, to learn, I'm feeling more comfortable because I feel more connected with the audience. I'm starting to really understand who they are. And if it was an industry that I didn't know much about, I would say, great, what brings you to something like this? And usually they'll say, well, here's what we're facing. And be like, you know what? Wow, I never knew that this affected that. And my knowledge would grow. I would learn something. 
we'd have a rich conversation and that's sometimes only two to three minutes. But if you're really engaged in a conversation on something, you can learn a lot in two to three minutes. And we'd go around and, and lo and behold, by the end of the session, I had known them, they know me. And when I get on stage, it wasn't the first time we all met. And that's the secret. You go up on stage to talk to a group of people that you've been hanging out with, that you knew who they are. You've shaken their hands. You've taken photos with them. They've asked you questions. You've asked them questions. And you've learned about each other. And the connection begins to feel very real between you and the audience. Because they know that you went out of your way to really customize an experience for them. And in today's world, customization, tailoring, is so incredibly important. We are, everything's being scaled. Everything's available to us right away. What's hard to scale is customization. It's not an easy one to scale because it takes hand, it's like handcrafting. Can you scale handcrafting? Can you manufacture antiques? No, some things just take time. And so the ability to customize and tailor on the fly like that is, I have found to be one of the most powerful ways to truly connect with an audience. And selfishly, it makes me calmer. It helps reduce my stress, reduce my anxiety. And so I enter that situation with an open mind saying, who are they? What are they feeling? What are they going through? Again, what's the situation? And you don't have to be a keynote speaker to go through that process. Sometimes you might be presenting to some, a a fa some family friends and you call somebody and say, hey, before we get started, how's everyone doing? How's everyone, why would you come to an event like this? And that, if I don't get a chance to know my audience, that might be my, that's usually my opening. Hey, before I get started, I want to, we got a lot of fun stuff we're going to cover here, but I'd love to go around the room and ask if you would tell us your name and why in the world did you choose to be here today? You have the choices, you have choices of being anywhere you want, but you chose to be here and that means a lot to me. And I would love to hear why you chose to be here today. And what that does is it's, a, it's what we call a check-in, but it gives everybody a chance to speak, even though it's briefly. Now, if you have a thousand people in the room, you can't do that. Can you walk in the audience and say, what brought you all here? I want to hear some reasons. And yes, you can pull it. And then you can, you can riff. If you can play off of some of those, it becomes sometimes very natural. Not sometimes. If, you're, if you know what you're doing and you know how to hold a conversation, it becomes a very natural exchange, which feels custom to the audience. But you got a small group. You can, you can stop and check in. How are you doing? And what brought you here today? All that information is so critical to be able to incorporate in your presentation. I want you to think about that basic question of who's my audience and I don't want you to overlook it. I don't want you to speed through it. I want you to dive deep into it. Think about the presentations that you have today. I want you to think about this. Sometimes the audience might be the people in the chairs, but sometimes, and a lot of times for me, the audience is the people who invited me because it's their event. Sometimes the audience is the meeting planner who is used to dealing with prima donnas and people that are just, oh, they think they're this and that because they're speakers. But if you can create a positive experience for the people and the staff, the, even the audio crew, like make it easy for them, show up on time. But the biggest thing you do to honor your audience for that is to end on time. Never ever go past your time. That is one of the most selfish and disrespectful things that you can do to meeting planners, to other speakers, to an audience. And I've seen people say, you know what, forget the time, I'll, I'll finish when I'm done. And it's like, whoa, okay. Well, you were invited here. Yes, you were paid to speak in a certain period of time, but there's an agenda. 
And they put months and months and months and months of effort on that agenda and the timeline. And anybody who throws it off by even a minute throws off a whole butterfly effect, a whole chain of events of stress and trying to catch up and figure it out. Now, it's interesting. When you're focused on value delivery and you do it well, you might run into the situation. I've had this happen several times. I was in the middle of a meeting and I had 20 minutes. And about 10 minutes into the presentation, CEO slides over a note and says, take all the time you want. I've canceled the next three speakers. Keep talking. And now, they were internal speakers. They were people internally, so they could be moved around. But what did that tell you? That if you offer value, you'll be asked back. (laughs) And that's really the goal, is to always serve the people who have given you the privilege of the attention. I had another group that I went and spoke to, and I had been trying to track them down for months to talk, hey, trying to call the CEO, to call everybody. What's going on? How can I, can we talk? Can we align? And then finally I get there, talked to one of the people the night before who wasn't going to be, be part of the event. They told me someone else was. I said, great. I met, I landed, I think at like 10, 30, 11 o'clock in the lobby and, the, and a lot of the people for the event the next day were in the lobby and so was the president. Ended up meeting him and he said, well, you know, hey, is there anything special you want me to say about you? Is there anything that you want me to cover? And I, and he goes, I go, well, he goes, Renee, I'm sorry. I just don't know. I don't know about you yet. I've been kind of busy. I said, Hey, not a problem. I said, but here's the reality. You're about to give me your entire company's focus and attention for four hours. We should probably be aligned on how best I can drive your message and strategy from that stage. And he stops and he looks at me, he goes, that's a really good point. I said, great. So let's hop over. We took, took him, we left the bar, went over off in the corner and we talked strategy and what his vision was, what was going on, what were the challenges they were facing. And it was invaluable for me. And guess what? It was invaluable for him too, because he hadn't taken the time. He's busy. A lot of your clients and sponsors are busy. They're running businesses. They're doing things. They're doing projects. And it's easy for these things to be overlooked. So even his introduction, he said, you know, last night I met Renee at the bar. I hadn't met him till last night. And, you know, and he said, I'm probably one of the only people in here that doesn't know. He was being nice. And he said, he asked me a question of how can I serve you during my time here? And Renee wouldn't leave me alone until I helped him answer these questions. And he goes, and what it told me was that Renee cared. He's really vested in our success. He, he, he can give a talk. He can talk for four hours, but he didn't want to just talk. He wanted to add value. And so I share that so that you can see the, 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 how people perceive you and the perception of taking that professional approach. Because in doing something like that, the audience is key. They're the ones that put the effort. They're the ones taking the risk. They're the ones that asked you to be there. They're the ones who created the space. Filling a room, if you've never tried to do that, is hard. So honor your audience. It'll help you. It'll help them in the end. So in closing, make sure you look at our website, download our podcast, The Neuro Side of Influence and Leadership. If you're listening to it, it's you know, it's on my website, meetrene.com. We've got ampcon, ampcon.live, coming March 14th. And our book, please be part of the presale. We want that at Amplify Book. It's Amplify with two eyes, book.com, or just go to Meet Renee and just scroll down. You'll see it there. But buy the book, share it, do all the fun stuff. And of course, as always, follow us on Instagram, uh, see Renee speak, 
and on YouTube. Just search my name. It'll come up. Subscribe. We've got a lot of fun stuff happening there. So thank you so much, and we will see you next week. Thank you for sharing this time with us. If the experience resonated with you, follow us on Apple and Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or AmplifyMyLife.com. Share it with anyone else who's ready to amplify their lives. And remember to let our hearts speak in sequence. For more from Renee Rodriguez, visit MeetRenee.com.